0: This is the Thursday, May 26th edition of the Daily Wager Podcast. we got more NBA playoff action tonight, also on the ice as well, and a little baseball and WNBA to round things out. Welcome to the Daily Wager Podcast, presented by DraftKings America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I'm Doug Kazarian, alongside Tyler Fulgham on this Thursday before we head into a long holiday weekend.
1: Yeah, Doug, ready for uh, uh, what could be, and we'll get to this later in the uh, show here on the podcast, what could be an historic daily wager uh, broadcast on ESPN2 at 6 p.m. Eastern tonight.
0: Yeah, we've been en fuego on um, (laughs) (laughs) best bets. Aaron with the plus 750 uh, score on same game parlay, so really good stuff there. Again, we'll, we'll touch on that in a bit. But let's start with the Mavericks and Warriors. Another opportunity for Golden State to close things out. Where it's unable to do it in game four, got rolled by the Mavs. Although, the, you know, the final score and margin does not really indicate how the game was was played. I've been talking about, I like the Mavs tonight. First half is probably where, where I'm going to land. I just think Golden State is sort of a sluggish start. And the Mavs, I think, are legit. They have missed open shots. And the Warriors have hit more open shots. And it feels like to me, it's going to be if it closes out, which I think it will. Um, it's going to feel like Memphis game, Denver game uh, when they closed out, and really first half belonged to the the road team here.
1: Yeah, I uh, I think that would correlate with uh, my play kind of. I've been doing this uh, for a lot of the postseason with the Warriors and much of this series um, to some pretty decent success. I'm going to play the Warriors uh spread in the second half so they're laying two and a half in the second half i also like their team total over 111 and a half they've eclipsed that mark in both of their home games of this series scoring 112 in game one or two 126 in their bottom line uh they've gone over both uh averaging 119 points at home but in the second half and this is the narrative that's kind of percolated with this warriors team throughout their uh run with steph curry in that core when they come out of the break Steve Kerr makes great adjustments. They get hot. They dominate in that third quarter and kind of uh, pour it on and pull away from you in the second half. They won game one by 16 points in the second half. They won game two by 23. And then they went on the road and won game three by eight points in the second half. And they even won game four by five points in the second half because of that crazy comeback in the fourth quarter that kind of made things tight for a second, but not really. So, bottom line is, you know, they crush. They're 4 0 in the second half this series against Dallas. Um, especially at home, they won each of those by almost 20 points per game. Uh, the second half differential. So I'm going to lean into that trend I've seen with Golden State, thinking along the lines of you that Dallas makes it a little interesting for the first couple of quarters, maybe court quarter, two quarters and a half, but ultimately um, run out of steam and the Warriors prevail.
0: Yeah, I, I just I agree. Like I don't think uh, the Warriors have this switch they just flip, and it's going to be a, a blowout at home or something. I, I think they're really kind of overrated. Uh, Steph Curry is phenomenal, obviously mm-hmm. an all-timer. But, I mean, Clay's not the same. Wiggins, in fact, has been their second-best player. And Clay is obviously capable, and he showed that in the last game against Memphis. But uh, Draymond's offense has slipped, still a stellar defender, and Looney's solid. And I think Jordan Poole's overrated when you factor in the defense and how much of a liability he is. I, I, I think Dallas like has solid role players. They, he, Luka doesn't know if there's like second stud that other teams do, who have. But aside from that, um, they're deep enough and they got to go small really from the start. Yeah, I don't think they should start, pal.
1: Yeah. Luca's kind of got like two guys that can combine on any one night to be a, right. you know, second stud and Dinwiddie and Brunson. Neither one is like a true Robin, but if they're both playing at their A game together, yes. they're kind of a really good Robin to, to Luca's Batman. Um, but then, you know, the, if they're hitting threes, they're dangerous. If they're not, it's, it's kind of Luca can't do enough. There is one player prop I wanted to mention as well. Before we move on, Steph Curry over 12 and a half rebounds and assists. It's minus 105. He's cleared this threshold in all four games of the series, even games where he's had minutes limited due to blowouts. Um, so he's had his low watermark is 12. I think his high watermark is 16 or 18. Bottom line is he's averaging 14 and a half rebounds and assists. and seven and a half boards, seven assists per game in this series. And he's cleared at least 12 and a half in all for the game. Sorry, 13 is the low watermark. I said so 12, but 13 is the low watermark he's had in a couple of games where his minutes uh, were limited, but he, he's cleared in all four, so I'm going to go right back to that well, because um, he's put up good box scores, and I don't see any reason why that won't continue in this game. Yeah,
0: no, and I mean, look, Bullock and DFS, if they can just hit some threes, it'll be make it really interesting. I just need them to do it for the first half, so uh, exactly. moving on. Uh, hockey, got two uh, game fives tonight. Rangers, Canes, Oilers, Flames, I lean to the over six and a half with Oilers and Flames, but no strong, strong opinion there.
1: Yeah, I'm the same. Uh, I would just both of these are like the opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of how these series have looked aesthetically. The Rangers and Hurricanes have been low scoring slugfest with great goaltending. I would lean under five and a half there. Uh, Meanwhile, the Oilers and the Flames have uh, given us a game that featured 15 goals in this series over six and a half. Uh, Connor McDavid, any which way you want to play him right now to score a point or over a point and a half over his shot prop, I think is just wise. Um, There's no one better um, in the NHL right now, no one more exciting. Even though we saw what Nathan McKinnon did last night, I wouldn't be surprised if mcdavid backs it up with an opportunity to close the series out and gives you like a, a hat trick himself or a you know multiple point effort tonight he's just he's the best in the business he is the uh luca he is the lebron right now of the nba whoever you want to say is the best but i think it's it's not really even a question when you watch mcdavid play on the ice versus uh, every other hockey player in the universe so over uh, six and a half goals there. are thinking uh, mcdavid once again has a great night cool anything on the diamond yeah, uh, it is my uh, St. Louis Cardinals taking on the first place Milwaukee Brewers at home. Um, Eric Lauer has kind of surprisingly, like, what are the Brewers doing with their pitching staff? No one develops pitchers as well as the Milwaukee Brewers do. We know what Burns and Woodruff and Peralta have been. Now, all of a sudden, Eric Lauer has turned into this bona fide ace who's striking out 8, 9, 10 guys a game. But he is a lefty, and uh, the Cardinals absolutely mash lefties. They have the best slugging percentage. 496, their slugging percentage is almost 500 as a team against lefties this year. And that covers 272 at-bats. They're 50 points better than the second best team, which is the New York Yankees. And their OPS, coincidentally, is 862, which is best in Major League Baseball against lefties, which is 60 points better than the next best team, which is the Colorado Rockies. They bat 290 as a team against lefties. They absolutely mash left-handed pitching. So There is maybe a little bit of concern for regression because guys like Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson, who is a switch hitter, are not in the lineup right now. But we know Albert Pools has crushed lefties. We know Arenado and Goldschmidt do so as well. Um, So I'll I'll ride that trend with the Cardinals against left-handed pitching, thinking that they go over their team total against Eric Lauer, that they win this game on the run line against the Brewers because Adam Wainwright is going. And we know he's their most consistent starting pitcher. Um, But if you want to back off or – exercise caution or maybe jump on the other side do note that tyler o'neill dylan carlson a couple of those key outfielders that do have good splits from the right side against lefties are not in the lineup maybe it's my road or red colored glasses but i'm going to keep riding the trend there for the red birds against the brewers and eric lauer although lauer's been awesome this year
0: all right good stuff
1: uh so that's your only play i don't really have anything on the diamond
0: um you know nothing intrigued me enough to want to fire um but on the WNBA, this, you know, it's kind of like the NBA we saw this year's these back to back games or home and homes. Kind of. We have one here with the, the Connecticut Sun and the Dallas Wings. The Wings just beat the Sun um, two days ago. So on Tuesday and no travel tonight's at Connecticut as well. I, I just I'm, I'd be shocked if the Sun don't play much better. And I like the first half a lot. Minus four i um, not sure if I'd lay the seven and a half, I, but I just, I'm expecting a really strong start from the Sun, uh, that, that front line. Now, look, Dallas has their big three, but uh, the Sun are just, I think, awesome. I think they're the best team. So I'm going to just trust them in a good spot, situational spot to play them.
1: All right. Uh, there is, as we alluded to, kind of, Doug, some potential for history with our best bets this week. And I know you and I may kind of feel like the uh, two kids who are, uh, you know, going to get the a plus on the uh, report card, uh, <laughs> the group project. not doing much work because we weren't really here for first couple of days of the week. And I, I don't think I've hit a best bet in either show I've been. in, so I'm kind of dragging the team down, but thanks to Aaron Dolan and was she had a three leg parlay last night that hit in the NBA at plus 750
0: Yeah. Same game parlay. It was uh, Celtics to win the game. Jason Tatum under 28 and a half points I believe or 29 and a half and then the one that I thought was not gonna hit hit uh bam at a bio double double and he got 10 rebounds on the nose so really fortunate there but um just a huge flex because it all stemmed from Monday when the yeah. show went five and0 <laughs> yeah. and then Puck neither guy, of us he, was there <laughs> yeah followed up on a tweet and like a flex he's like I should deserve more credit because I went with an underdog he like hit plus 130 or 40. So Aaron's like, all right, you want an underdog? I got. I got how about this plus seven fifty? So it's definitely like prompted by Fuck Daddy, just kind of playful. Uh, so really, really good performance. And so yeah, we have a chance to really, um, you know, I wonder if center is going to do a live break-in uh, we, on a night game. I don't know. We should know. tell.
1: We should tell. Uh, I don't know if Stanford Steve's going to be on the show, but we should have SVP give it some treatment. I know. Um, according to our producer Eddie Marlette, he sent us that the record for most units in a single week is um, plus 14.45. And I know Anita hit like a 14 to one long shot at the Preakness that week or something. That uh, was the big uh, reason we had there. We, we had that number a few years ago, but right now we currently stand at plus 12.9 units. So we gotta make up basically about two and a half units here or or one and a half unit. We gotta basically be up one and a half unit today to to break the record. Um, I know we'll have a jam-packed show, but uh, uh we are we are knocking on the door of history potentially in terms of our best week with Best Best in terms of units for our viewers out there.
0: All right. Well, the pressure is officially on, and we hope all of you join us tonight at six Eastern on ESPN two. Um and like I said, maybe SportsCenter will do break-ins once once the records on the ropes. <laughs> do, do a live live look. Uh, all right, my man. I will see you later in the studio. Good luck to everyone out there, and uh, we'll see you at six p.m. Eastern.